inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. It's Inside the Jets. Brought to you by EY, building a better working world. And by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Now, here's Eric Allen and Eric Coleman. Inside the Jets, we're broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. And we have a player guest segment right off the top of the show. And we're presented by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Without further ado, let's welcome in Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. Thanks for coming on, Sam. What's going on, guys? Hey, good? does it feel like it was yesterday you walked in across the street, one Jets drive, the number three overall selection in the 2018 draft, and already you're through two years. It's flying by, man. Uh, it's funny, you know, after the game, after the good win that we had in Buffalo, uh, with all the travel in between, we were all talking about how, how crazy it is, how fast everything's flying by. Uh, talking with Jonathan Harrison, Trevor Sin you know, some of the guys that um, were next to me on the plane and in the bus, it was just crazy. You know, talking about how many years they've all been in the league and what year they're going into. I'm going into year three. It's uh, it's pretty crazy to think about, but uh, it's been a fun journey so far. You know, hopefully um, more wins to come for sure, but um, it's been fun so far. Yeah, I mean, and it does go by fast. Can you talk about the, the transition from the difference between year one and going into year two? What was the difference? Obviously, you had more time to prepare and get acclimated to the league. What was that like for you? For sure. Yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome to be able to, I mean, first of all, coming in as a rookie, it was, uh, it was tough, you know, trying to get acclimated and um, but the Jets made it super easy in terms of finding a place to live, um, feeling comfortable there. Um, had a great guy, Joshua Cowan, to be able to help me with a ton of stuff um, in the offseason to get ready to play football in the NFL. Um, and then coming into year two, um, felt like it was just my whole offseason was filled with learning the new offense. That was really it. Um, I didn't have to worry about anything else, so that was nice. Um, you know, felt like we took steps in the right direction. Uh, towards the offseason in terms of getting ready for the season. Obviously, the beginning of the season didn't go exactly the way that everyone thought it was going to go. Uh, you know, getting sick and everything that happened in between. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a rough start to the season, but I thought we finished strong. So many things to get to with Jets quarterback Sam Darnold, who's joining us right off the top here on Inside the Jets. You just mentioned the turnaround. Prior to yesterday's games, 111 teams since 1978, not including the 1982 strike-shortened season, had started 1-7. Only six teams had rebounded to finish at least 7-9. Now you guys are one of them because you went six out of eight down the stretch. What was the key to the turnaround in the second half? Yeah, I mean, it's just resiliency, you know, throughout our whole team. That was really the key. Um, great guys in the locker room to, to be able to just keep our heads down every single, you know, win or lose on Sunday to just keep our heads down and go to work on Monday. Uh, you know, it can be tough when you start the season one and seven. Yeah. Uh, you know, some guys go in the tank, other guys don't. You know, our whole team didn't. Uh, that wasn't the case with any of our guys. Uh, we all stayed up and um, locker room stayed positive. Um, you know, and, you know, there are those days, though, when, you know, when you're one and seven, it's, uh, it's not easy, you know, but our guys, you know, the guys that we have in the locker room, it, it, it made it more fun than it should be. And with that being said, I think that had a lot to do with the turnaround. Um, you know, it's, uh, again, it's hard to come back from one and seven season. We almost did it. Um, but hopefully, you know, we get, we get off to a little bit faster start next year. Yeah. 
And, and guys always talk about, you know, winning and ended the season on a high note to carry on into the offseason. What does that do for you? Going six and two your last eight games, what does that do for your offseason goals and, and moving on in the future? Um, yeah, it definitely, you know, there, there is something to be said for momentum going into the offseason. Um, I think we, we have found um, really, like I keep mentioning, I mean, there's great guys in the locker room, and that's what you want to continue to strive for. I mean, the more good guys you have in the locker room, the more you can deal with in terms of um, just everything, you know, because playing football, I mean, you know, there's so many things that you go through, whether it's injuries, um, things happening off the field with guys. Um, there's so many different, you know, um, things and different, different adversity that you deal with. Um, and I think, you know, just the guys in the locker room to be able to deal with it, um, you know, can't speak highly enough of those guys. Where were your most significant improvements? I'm looking at your rookie numbers right now. 57%, 28, more than 2,800 yards passing, 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 30 sacks. Year two, new system again, 62% passer, over 3,000 yards for the first time in your career. 19 touchdown passes, 13 interceptions, and you were sacked 33 times. Now, mind you, you had nine different offensive line combinations in front of you and 11 offensive line starters. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think uh, this year, again, there was a lot of adversity that we dealt with as a team, um, but I thought our guys dealt with it well. Um, you know, for me personally, um, I don't get too caught up in the numbers. I mean, the only thing that really matters to me is wins and losses, um, you know, but just... Uh, with this offense, I mean, it, I feel like it is super easy to find completions, which is huge. You know, the, the more you can spit the ball out in the NFL and find guys um, in the flats or um, obviously you want to take your shots. You want to be able to score touchdowns in this league and create explosive plays, but um, you got to take them when they come to you. And that's the big thing in this offense is just um, finding the completions. And, you know, as long as you find completions, get the ball out of your hands fast, it creates um, you know, the defensive line doesn't play as fast. The DBs don't know what's going on when the ball is getting out so fast. So um, there's a lot of different things. And, and, you know, it's just, again, it's just really fun to play in this offense with, with how fast I can get the ball out. I love what you just said about stats. And so are Jets fans. As you said, the only <laughs> thing that matters wins the losses. Right. What do you take into account here that you were 4-9 and nine as a starter, as a rookie, but Sam Darnold, when he was leading the Jets 13 starts in – 2019, 7-6. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, again, there's, there's, uh, there's some ways, you know, there's a long way to go. I think, you know, um, we're not far off at the same time, but um, we would like to win more games in the future, obviously. But, you know, we're going the right direction. That's what matters the most. And, Sam, you talked about uh, getting, the, getting the ball out quick, having that chemistry with your wide receivers, um, with, with the team. What is it like to build chemistry? You know, they always talk about it yeah. and how it takes time and how you have to get used to it. What is that process like, getting chemistry with all your receivers? Yeah, it does take time. I mean, it's, it's built throughout the offseason, too, you know, inviting the guys out um, whenever I get the chance, wherever we are, you know, as long as we can meet up, hang out. Um, you know, just I think that's the biggest thing is just hanging out. You know, the more you get to know someone, the more chemistry you have with them. So um, on and off the field. So there's definitely a correlation there. But. Um, you know, we have a, I think we have a ton of chemistry on offense, not just with the receivers, but tight ends, running backs, offensive line. I mean, um, we have a really good core unit right now. And, um, you know, who knows if it's going to change or not, but we have a really good thing going. I felt like we got really comfortable as the season went on. Um, and that's what matters the most. I mean, we all, 
love playing for one another. I think that's one of the biggest things in the NFL. If, if you love playing for one another, it makes it easy to go out there every Sunday and put your body on the line. You have natural leadership qualities. There's no doubt about that. We've seen that from the get. But did it become more of your team a little bit here in year two? Because Le'Veon Bell was talking about it today. He said you could see that Sam – he, he was taking more ownership, and he was seeing things better, like you've talked about. So you know the way uh, defenses are trying to attack you a little bit more. You were sliding protections. It, did you just feel like naturally it became more of, hey, this is, this is, my, this is my team, and I'm going to lead us? Well, the more, I think the more football that you see or the more football that I see, the more comfortable I'm going to get. The more, you know, with more experience, you know, um, the better I feel like I'm going to play and the faster I'm going to play and the, and the quicker I'm going to be able to just um, uncover defenses. So um, that's really it for me is just understanding what a defense is doing before the play even happens. Um, but again, I think the more that, you know, I hang out or the more that, you know, we, we talk in the locker room and all that stuff, I feel like the more um, comfortable I am to be able to make checks at the line of scrimmage and um, even if I'm wrong, you know, we're all going to be wrong together. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing that, um, you know, I think during the last half of the season, I felt like, you know, we were all just really on the same page with everything, um, even if someone was wrong. But if we're, if we're going to be wrong, that's the huge, that's the, the big thing is, you know, making sure that we're all wrong together and that I get the ball out, make sure that I know where my problems are. Um, I felt like I did a really good job of that in the back half of the season. I felt like, our offensive line uh, did a great job in the back half with um, getting used to playing different positions uh, than some guys sure. were, uh, weren't used to playing in the past. And again, can't can't speak highly enough of you know the attitude that everyone on the entire team had really um, throughout the entire year with with all the different adversity that we had to deal with. And you know, in the secondary, we had this saying: is if you're all wrong, then we're all right. You know, you can get through that down. That communication is important. But going into this offseason, are there some things that you already have figured out that you're going to go work on for the, for the next year to try to improve on your game? Yeah, I think, you know, I can always continue to watch tape of myself, understand what I need to work on. I think uh, there's definitely some little fundamental things that I need to continue to work on. Um, you know, with the thumb injury, I wasn't able to um, – keep the ball as tight as I would have liked in some situations. Uh, but, you know, I think always keeping two hands in the pocket is always going to be an emphasis for me moving forward. And there's a, there's a bunch of different drills uh, for that. Again, but, you know, there's, there's nothing like – you can't really simulate live football. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing is, you know, with different sports like basketball, I mean, you can go up and play pickup basketball all you want, but you can't really go out and play pickup football at, at any time. So, uh it can be tough, but at the same time, uh, just continuing to get experience, in, whether it's practice, um, preseason, and regular season games. You know, the more experience that I get, I feel like the better that I'll play. You're listening to Inside the Jets. We are supported by Selective Insurance. Be uniquely insured. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman and our special guest on our season finale today, Sam Darnold. Sam, why did you guys make uh, – why was there instant chemistry there between you and Jameson Crowder? Game one coming out, 14 catches against the Buffalo Bills, and you end it yesterday in Buffalo, ironically. Eight catches, 66 yards, and a game-winning score. Yeah, I mean, dude's a baller. Uh, <laughs> he's a good player, man. Uh, just his ability, his suddenness to be able to get open and find, a, find a, you know, just 
you know, just the openness in the defense, especially in zones. I mean, he, he uh, knows exactly where to sit, huh? He does. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's incredible with that. And even in man, he's got a suddenness to be able to um, pull apart from guys, so create separation. So he's just a really good player, and um, glad we got him. <laughs> and Sam, I, got, I, I would be wrong if I didn't ask about the defense. What, what was it like watching that defense and the things that they were doing, the different blitz packages, the different looks Greg Williams uh, created, and, and this, just the overall dominant performance they put on in the second half of the season? Yeah, I mean, they were dominant, like you said. I mean, <clears throat> can't credit those guys enough for what, you know, uh, again, and they had their own adversity that they dealt with on defense too. So, uh, man, I can't, can't say enough about those guys out there, um, just the, the guys that were able to come in midseason and be able to learn Greg's uh, scheme and uh, be able to put it to put it to work and and uh, it was just fun. I mean, going against him in training camp was crazy. Uh, those all those different looks and it was tough. Uh, so you know, I, it was a tough tough training camp, but you know, it definitely made us better. And you know, I can see why t- some teams struggle against you know that scheme. Uh, looking back now, and, and you'll have time to reflect in the months ahead, but. Can you believe the way the year opened for you? And, you know, so much expectation. You had that good um, – you, you were in sync with your signal caller, Adam Gase, had a great training camp. And then the day before the season opener against the Bills, you're not feeling well. You still go out, complete 28 of 41. You lose a tough ball game. You guys lose C.J. Mosley in the process. A couple days later, you're diagnosed with mono, and you miss games two through four. Yeah, it uh... – <laughs> It's uh, it was a little bit different, you know, a little bit different year than I'm used to, uh, but we battled back from it. I yeah, mean, you did. We, uh, you know, there was a there was a few games where we str- or I struggled personally. Uh, you know, New England, Miami, Jacksonville uh, felt like, you know, I didn't play my best football. Um, but the Miami but game, did you think? Were you turning the corner there? Because even though you had the red zone interception, mm-hmm. where maybe you were trying to make too much happen. Uh, on, on that play, mm-hmm. after that game, that's when you guys started turning this thing around. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I think the more opportunities that we got to play in the offense, you know, the more games that we actually experienced, that I experienced, um, speaking for myself, the more comfortable that I felt with everything. Uh, you know, I love this offense. I know the guys do. And um, it's just really fun to play in, too, especially when we get rolling and we start going up tempo and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, again, it's just it's a fun offense to play in when we're rolling, and you know we're just looking forward to more of that uh, in the coming year. Why have you? Why did you guys have so much success on your opening drives this year? It seemed like it'd be a, a letdown if you're not. A, it, most of the time you were scoring touchdowns for a while there, but getting points on the board because yeah, yeah even yesterday in Buffalo, you moved down the field. Unfortunately. Le'Veon can't get the third and one, but he didn't have anywhere to go, and then you missed the field goal. But by and large, when you guys get the ball in that opening drive, you know you're going to go right down the field. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's a credit to the game plan, man. I mean, what, uh, what Adam and Dowell and, you know, all of our, our whole offensive staff, what they're able to do throughout the week to get ready for that, you know, opening series and uh, really the whole entire game. But, I mean, it's, it's incredible, you know, what, what, what they're able to do there. And, um, us as players, we just got to go out there and execute. And, uh, man, it's, uh, it was fun. You know, I feel like there were a lot of games in a row where we just scored every single time on the first drive. Yeah. And uh, it was a fun stretch there. Was it tough getting in that locker room yesterday? Kind of bittersweet. You guys win another one, but at the same time, you're not playing 
another week because you guys had this thing going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of felt the same at the end of last year. Did you? Uh, yeah, I just <clears throat> felt like we were kind of moving in the right direction. Um, felt really – felt a good rhythm, and then that's it. You know, week 17, you're done. It's so, so abrupt, right? It is. Um, it is. And so, uh, you know, hopefully this time next year we're getting ready to play um, in the playoffs. But at the same time, it, it really starts uh, – it really does start in OTAs and then training camp. You really got to continue to – uh, continue with the process. You got to be, you got to love the process in the NFL. Because if if you if you try to skip steps and uh, try to move on to week one and, and really start thinking about the next season right now, um, you can get caught up a little bit. So um, it's been fun though. I mean, I had a blast this year. Great teammates, obviously great coaches. Um, just the organization, I feel like, is really heading in the right direction, and we couldn't be more excited. I'll tell you what, Eric, this guy does love the process. We taped the Adam Gase show Tuesday mornings in the quarterback's room. Guy was always in the background trying to get in the door. That was <laughs> Sam Darnold, first guy in the building. Like, the, you know, they say that, and people are wondering, well, is, is that true? No, Sam's always trying to knock down on that door when, hey, when we're taping in the quarterback's room. Yeah, I mean, in, in talking about that, you and Adam Gase have a different relationship than most quarterbacks and head coaches. You're, you're really a big part of that, the offense and, and the progression. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how much input he actually takes of yours and implements it into the game plan? Yeah, how does that I work? mean – it, uh, you know, it kind of just depends, you know, how I'm feeling in practice, uh, if practices are running smooth, if I feel like um, certain plays aren't working, you know, necessarily the way that I felt like they should be. And it's, it's funny, too, because usually whenever I would go with him uh, or whenever I would talk to him about a certain play, um, he'd be like, I'm way ahead of you. You know, that play's <laughs> already out. So um, it's funny how that usually worked. But um, I'm definitely super open to him about what I like, what I don't like. Again, because, you know, we're playing on the same team. We're all trying to win on Sunday. So um, the more that we can communicate together, um, the better we're going to be. As Marty Lyons called you, a Southern California dude yesterday. <laughs> but how much have you enjoyed playing in this area, the New York area, and also the Jets fans? Because they are passionate. They're out here in full force waiting for you to uh, get off the set tonight. But uh, New York and, and then your connection with these folks. Yeah, these people are awesome. I mean, just a uh, kid from Southern California coming in here and making, you know, New Jersey and New York uh, second home. It's been awesome. Uh, great food, great people. Uh, so I'm just I'm excited to be here, and uh, all the fans should be excited for years to come. Yeah, well said. Uh, about 30 seconds left here, Sam. Uh, what's your offseason shaping up like? Uh, I'm, not telling, I'm not asking you to tell us exactly, exactly the plans. Where I'm going. Yeah, 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 exactly the plans, but what do you think now as you look ahead? Yeah, um, just going to hang out for a little bit, you know, kind of decompress, uh, just relax for, for at least a couple weeks here. Um, uh, I'm staying here for the most part, uh, you know, for a solid month just to hang out and then uh, definitely going to go home for a good while and uh, hang out in Southern California. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Won't get into too much detail. Yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good off season of just relaxing but also getting better and continuing to get better with this offense. Well, uh, well, we thank you so much for stopping by tonight. That is Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. We will be right back here for Inside the Jets on ESPN New York. Shotgun for Barkley, takes the snap, gets bring a blitz. 
Barkley under pressure. Pocket collapses. The ball pops out. The Jets force a fumble, and it's scooped up by New York. The Jets with Nathan Shepard, Jamal Adams, Jordan Jenkins, they were all over Matt Barkley. They knocked the ball out, and Terrell Basham is able to recover the fumble. The Jets get a takeaway with their 3-0 lead. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. We're broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Remember, Jets fans, you can stream Inside the Jets live through the Jets app presented by MNT Bank. Go to the App Store or Google Play now and search official New York Jets. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. We started the show with the bang, per se. Uh, Jets quarterback Sam Darnold, who I thought played awfully well over the season's final eight games. And you think about the adversity this team faced in 2019, look no further than their quarterback. <laughs> Diagnosed with mono after the season opener. Misses those th misses three games. Not just three games in the middle of the season or towards the end of the season. At the beginning of the season, in a new system with a new coach and a new play caller. So um, he really battled this year. And, yeah. he, and, and, and he talked about his thumb. Mm -hmm. He took a beating at times behind an offensive line that was continually shuffled because of injuries. Uh, he worked with different people on the outside. And I'll tell you what, he showed me a lot, and I think the future's bright. Yeah, I think it's bright as well. And, and you talk about the start to that season, and, you know, he comes, he plays the first game against Buffalo, and it isn't feeling well. Yep. Goes out with mono, and who knows how long it took for him to get his footing back. You know, I always know when you come off an injury and you, they say that you're healthy enough to play, you're never 100%. So, uh, you, you know, I can only imagine how long that took him to get back to feeling like his old self. But he definitely got back to it towards the end of that season. You know, end of the season 6-2, and two, uh, leading the Jets. Uh, their defense played well. He played well. The team really started to click. And, and he, he became a better decision maker because he is so athletic that – there are few plays he can't make. With that being said, sometimes you can get yourself in trouble if you're trying to force the action, per se. And I thought he did a better job throughout the year of, okay, I'm going to live to fight another day. Yeah, I mean, he did make a lot better decisions. You know, instead of you know, putting himself in harm's way, trying to force a pass, he started to learn at the end of the year. Let me just throw this away. Let me get to the next down. And that really helped the team and, uh, you know, continue to help the defense as well. You know, when it's, when it's a drive that's not there, you know, punt it away. Let yep. the defense dominate. And that's how it works. Yeah, and this is our last show of 2019. So, I want to get to some calls, and I'm going to bring in Ira from Staten Island here just momentarily. It's 800-919-3776. So get your Jets calls in inside the Jets. We'll be here for about another half an hour. But Ira's on hold already, so let's get him on. What's up, Ira? Hey, Happy New Year, Eric. And Eric, Happy New Year to you guys. Happy New Year. Yep, yep. You know, it's um, amazing. Another season in the books. The guys did a great job. And I totally agree with both of you on Sam. I thought uh, he definitely showed improvement in many ways in his game. Um, I'm not sure if he was protecting himself or the coaches told him not to run. But uh, a couple of times he did have some open spots. But, uh, you know, whatever the reason is. But uh, I mean, you're right. The future does look bright with him. But, you know, you, you mentioned Crowder earlier. I tell you, man, to me, no disrespect to anybody, he was the MVP on the offense. I mean, this guy was 
he flew under the radar. He, you know, he was like a catch machine where you end up with like close to 80 catches for about 800 yep. yards. So, yeah, and, you know, they add, you know, whatever they're going to do with Anderson, maybe add something else to the outside. But the, the thing that I take out of this team, and, Eric, you know, I told you this. Um, I'm glad I turned out to, to guess right. I thought they had a chance to finish 7-9. and nine. They did the job. And, you know, to go 6-2 and two the second half of the year, I think that's a really good thing. You've got to think back as a fan, you could do it. Um, what might have happened if he didn't get sick? What yeah. might have happened if this guy didn't get hurt? You know, but, you know, going into next year, you know, you have to feel good and you have to have an optimistic view of where this team is headed. And now Joe Douglas is on the clock. And I think once he gets to work and, you know, he got the draft, he got free agency, he got some, un, you know, guys that are unsigned, he met who, who he's going to bring back. Um, I think this team's going to be a fun team to watch next year, and it's a good future going forward. Uh, well said. Uh, listen, Joe Douglas is on the clock, but I want to remind people that, yes, the Jets haven't made the postseason in nine years, but Joe Douglas was hired in June. Yeah. So now he is going to put his imprint on the roster, and he has plenty of decisions to make. I looked at the Jets' unrestricted free agent list. It list. is a <laughs> long list. So not only do you have to take a look at what's out there on the free agent market, guys potentially springing free, but who fits here? Who do you want part of the program as you continue to build this thing? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the interesting part is, you know, who stays here? Who, who do they let go into free agency? And they have some tough decisions to make. I mean, you look at guys like Jordan Jenkins, who had eight sacks this year and, and played well in spurts. Uh, really, was really really a steadfast player who developed here. He missed three games. He, he, he missed three games. So, you know, there, there are a ton of players on this team that, that, that have question marks about. And there's guys out in free agency. There's a draft. There's so many things that Joe Douglas has to handle in this offseason. It's going to be a big one. Yeah, it is. And he's going to address the media at one judge drive tomorrow so we'll get an opportunity to hear from him but when we get back i'll actually read you that list of unrestricted free agents we're going to take a look at what's in store for the jets in 2020 after the least amount of miles traveled in their franchise history they're going to have one of the most they're going to have their frequent flyer miles yeah up. most <laughs> most mileage trips uh, uh, treks, I should say, in 2020. But we're going to come right back for another segment on Inside the Jets. You're listening to ESPN New York. Second down and goal inside the one-yard line. Donald, play action again, flips it in the end zone. Jamison Crowder's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Off the play action fake, Sam Darnold. A little flip over the middle to Jamison Crowder. He makes the touchdown catch, and the Jets take the lead back, and they have scored the first touchdown of the game. About 90 seconds gone by in the fourth quarter. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. We're broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. Well, yeah, Jamison Crowder. What a year for the green and white. Signing free agency. Um, and he was as good as advertised. People talk about, okay, he's slot receiver, but he also can make plays down the field. And we, sh we saw that continually this season. Explosive, 
can beat guys man-to-man, but also have that natural feel against the zone of finding that right spot. Yeah, it was great. You know, in the offseason and in training camp, all you heard about was Jamison Crowder. You know, how he and Sam have this great chemistry, and he's making plays, catches that you wouldn't believe. And, and you watch him in the preseason, watch him throughout the regular season. And one of the most intelligent guys that I've seen play the game, uh, because you have to be crafty. You have to understand leverage. You have to understand coverage when you play that slot position. And he's one of the best I've seen at it and had a spectacular year for it. Uh, you are listening to Inside the Jets. You can call in 800-919-3776. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. One of the Jets' notable unrestricted free agents, Robbie Anderson. Robbie again for a second consecutive year with Sam Darnold. He started getting going in December. It seems like every year, once the weather gets cool, Robbie gets really warm. Uh, he's a unique ball player because I think a lot of people he thought for a while that he was just a vertical threat. He, he became more of a complete receiver this year. There's no doubt about that. We saw the Jets and Adam Gase use him more on crossing patterns than we'd ever seen before, deep ends. He worked the middle of the field and became a more complete player. Yeah, I mean, and you have to give Robbie a, a ton of credit for polishing his game. You know, not being a one-dimensional player who just comes in and runs deep routes. Robbie really worked on it. Worked on it. He worked on his hands. He was making some spectacular catches. Showed his toughness. He's not the biggest guy, but showed a lot of toughness and grit this year. And, and he's trying to make his case. Was making his case all year that he is a number one receiver and he deserves to get paid that way. It's going to be interesting when you get into free agency to see do the Jets value him as a one. Uh, do other teams value him, him as a one? And where does he fit along those lines? Yeah, he's going to get paid by somebody. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Listen, fifth undrafted free agent to reach 3,000 yards receiving in the first four, yards, uh, four years of his career, excuse me, Robbie Anderson. Unbelievable. I mean, and that just, just shows you that he's working on his craft. He's trying to get better, and he's a true pro. And, you know, I give him all the credit in the world. And you love to see guys like that who are underdogs, who come in, un undrafted free agents, come in and work their tails off because you know it wasn't given to them. So you got to give Robbie a lot of credit. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting decision. You mentioned one of the guys I wanted to highlight as well, outside linebacker Jordan Jenkins. The Jets, number two in the National Football League against the run, number seven overall in terms of yards per game. Uh, Jordan Jenkins missed three games. He still had eight sacks, and he plays that all-important position of edge setter. So a lot of times, Jordan Jenkins isn't making a tackle, but he might be turning that running back inside. Oh, yeah. Jordan is playing a lot of selfless football. You know, as you mentioned, setting the edge, uh, you know, dominating, getting that penetration. And he may not be getting the sacks. He may not be getting the tackles for losses, but he is making a big impact. You know, you don't become the first overall uh, run defense in the NFL by not having a bunch of selfless guys who are willing to sacrifice. And it's guys like Jordan Jenkins that helped his defense elevate throughout all the injuries, all the, all the key players that were out during this season. They still were amongst the, the best in the league. What about Brian Poole? Uh, you know, uh, he became available. Atlanta moved on. Jets picked him up. And Greg Williams needs a certain player to play that all-important nickel position. And he filled it quite well. Physical dude mm -hmm. who matched up well with guys on the inside. That's very difficult. But uh, he really brought an element of physicality like I talked about because he'll come up and play the run 
and he gets after those receivers working the middle of the field. Yeah, you know, I talked about Jamison Crowder and how intelligent you have to be to play in that slot. Well, to cover him, you have to be equally as intelligent. You have to be able to cover. You have to be able to play, uh, come up and hit like a safety. You have to be able to fill gaps like a linebacker. So, you know, it's a really a special player who can play that nickel position. And, and Poole really did a great job of stepping up this year. But when he was healthy, made a huge impact on this defense. Yeah. Uh, how about Neville Hewitt? We talk about the injuries at the inside linebacker position. There's another unrestricted free agent, and he's a guy who you thought might be a special teams contributor and back up in Avery Williamson or C.J. Mosley, but injuries across the board. Neville Hewitt uh, pushed into a very important role, and I thought he took a jump. Yeah, I mean, Neville Hewitt, I mean, you talk about the injuries that happen in the team and in his next man up, but you seldom talk about the guys who weren't going to have the opportunity, who are going to be special teams players and role players on the team, having to step into that middle linebacker position, that inside linebacker, call the defense, make the checks, uh, be a leader. Neville did a great job this year. He was consistent. He was physical. Uh, and, and it made it to where you didn't really miss the other players. You know, and there's no discredit to C.J. Mosley or Avery Williamson, but Neville Hewitt did a great job of stepping up this year and being that impact player in the you, middle. You know what? Something bothered me. Uh, people have been talking about the Jets using injuries as an excuse, but <laughs> if you, you were around the locker room at all this year yeah. and you talked to the guys, all they said was next man up. It happens in the National Football League. The facts are 20 guys want on injured reserve. Funny thing is, I'm in Buffalo in the press box talking to a couple reporters yesterday, and they're talking about the health of the Bills. Sam Darnold started 13 games this year for the New York Jets. Josh Allen, yes, the Bills are going, playing on Wild Card Weekend. He started 16 games. C.J. Mosley, big-time linebacker, culture changer, he was limited to a couple games. Tremaine Edmonds playing inside linebacker. He's no C.J. Mosley yet, but he plays in a very important position for the Buffalo Bills. He played 16 games. Take a trade Avius White out of that lineup. They're saying the point is, listen, you endured not only injuries, but at key positions at certain times. Yeah, I mean, the guys down the middle of your, your, your team, yeah. you know, whether it be the quarterback, center, uh, in middle linebacker, safety, those are the talkers. They're the communicators and the leaders of that offense or defense. And not having them uh, implemented on your team when you've been relying on them in the offseason, when you've gone through training camp and really built your team around these players, to have them taken out of the lineup is a huge hit. And for the, the simple fact that the Jets were able to recover from that and continue to have success is a tremendous credit to the coaching staff. Greg Williams did a great job. Gase did a great job. Brandon Boyer offense. did a great job. Boyer did a great job on special teams. I mean, they were dominant this year as well. So you got to give a ton of credit to these players as well as the coaches. Yeah, and the key point here in all this, too, is this is year one of the system. Mm -hmm. A lot of these teams that are playing in the playoffs right now or we see – repeated times in the playoffs, they got continuity up top. And that's, that's what I keep telling people about the, the organizations that are staples in the playoffs. You know, when you look at some of the other franchises, they've had their coach there for several years, and they stay with them, and they let the, give the coach an opportunity to, to bring in those players that, are, that fit their scheme, that fit their character, and continue to build and, and mature players, free agents, undrafted free agents. Uh, you know, you, you have to develop talent and you have time to do that as a coach. All right, we're going to come right back. You're listening to Inside the Jets on ESPN New York. Barkley drops back to throw, flips it right, and it's 
It's intercepted. He airmailed his intended receiver, and it's picked off by Millette. And Millette returns it to the Buffalo 42. He lobbed it over the head of T.J. Yeldon right into the arms of Arthur Millette, and the Jets get a takeaway. That was a gift. Inside the Jets is presented by EY, building a better working world. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. We are at Vanderbilt's Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. This is our final segment of the year here on Inside the Jets. The Jets finish 7-9, a 13-6 victory over the Buffalo Bills. Uh, closing the season out in style. Uh, listen, sometimes it's ugly. But you'll take the victory, and I was there. Conditions weren't good. I don't care what anybody says. Downpour. Um, yes, the Bills played their backups. They get paid, too. Um, yeah. Uh, and you don't apologize for winning the National Football League. I don't care when it comes. No, absolutely not. You know, and anytime you can get a win, I don't care who it is. You know, these guys are all capable of stepping in and, and, and making an impact and, uh, and being key contributors to their team. And it was great uh, to see the Jets win one of those ugly games, you know, win one of those nasty games where the defense had to step up and make plays. You know, the offense had to be gritty and, and figure it out. Uh, it shows a lot about their character. They actually did it the last two weeks. If you yeah. go back to the Pittsburgh game really when they did. took down the Steelers 16-10, to 10, you know, defense dominates, Greg Williams. And, and then the offense does not have the killer mistake, and they make enough plays happen to gain that victory. Yeah, I mean, and that's why you always talk about, um, you know, at, kicking at the end of a drive, whether it be an extra point, whether it be a field goal or a punt, just making sure that you don't hurt your team uh, by turning over the football. Uh, taking care of that ball is, is so much more important. Uh, you winning that that time of possession, excuse me, not the time of possession, winning that turnover battle yep. is a huge thing for teams. And the Jets are one that they're going to take advantage of it. On defense, they're going to force them. On offense, if they can take care of the ball, they're going to be in good hands. I, I think yesterday was a microcosm from what, uh, from what we've seen from this defense here throughout the entire season. James Burgess, inside linebacker, one of the team's leading tacklers. Another guy who came out of nowhere this year comes up with his first career interception. Arthur Millette, first career interception as well. We just heard Terrell Basham coming up with the fumble recovery on Jordan Jenkins' team-leading eighth sack. And, oh, by the way, I don't know what the National Football League was thinking about that overturned call because Basham should have had a strip sack. I don't, yeah, know, I don't know how the heck they took that one off the board. Jets have three takeaways in all. But contributors that you would have never picked – before the season had started, that you would have said these guys were coming up with the takeaways. Yeah, I, I mean, let's go back to that James Burgess <laughs> interception because that was phenomenal on, on a sev several different levels. When I looked at the team, when I looked at the tape, yeah. it showed at the beginning of the snap they had six guys that were blitzing. It looked like you had, you had the cornerback blitzing off the side. It looked like six guys were blitzing. The two defensive tackles, Quentin Williams and uh, Basham, dropped back into coverage. You end up only rushing four. Burgess buzzes out to the flat. The quarterback throws it right to him. I've never seen a cornerback blitz uh, that complicated and that in-depth. And they only brought four. And it, brought, and it showed pressure. And one of the four was the cornerback outside, not the nickel corner. I've You're never seen that. Kennedy came. Yeah. And, and Barkley it's like, oh, boy, I got to get rid of the football. Yeah, you see the cornerback blitzing off the side. You're going to go to your hot route. You're going to go quick pass to your X receiver. James Burgess buzzed out to the flat, anticipating that. 
snapped his head around and caught an interception. And, and then later in that game, the Mallette interception came again when Barkley's saying, I got to get the football out. T.J. Yeldon's not looking for it. Mm -hmm. And Mallette's right there. And that's what happens when you get pressure. That's what happens when you get hits on the quarterback. Uh, when you're getting after them, they start to, to, to see things. They start to force the issue and, and start to throw the ball before receivers are ready. That's how you get turnovers with, with those mistakes. And that's why Greg Williams is such a special coach. And that's why these players have had success. And, and that's why guys love playing for Greg Williams. Because you just mentioned it looked like the Jets were sending six on the Burgess interception, but they're only sending four. You never know where the pressure is coming from. We talk about fire zones all the time. Yeah. And when we, we speak of Jamal Adams, he was such an effective blitzer for this team. Gutted it out the last couple of games because he's not 100%. He'll have a chance to heal himself up in the offseason. But second consecutive team MVP for this guy. And... I talked to a couple people yesterday. They believe he should not only be, yes, a pro bowler, which he is, he should be an all-pro. And he absolutely should be an all-pro, and I expect him to be. You know, he had a dominant year this year, you know, with the sacks, with the coverage, with, with the open field tackles. He made big-time impact plays, whether it be a turnover, forced fumbles. He was that guy. He was a special player. Everyone, every team that played him understood where number 33 was, and he still was able to make an impact. That says a lot. Yeah, and how about, again, I keep on going back to the depth that we saw develop here. Um, even along the defensive line, Kyle Phillips, an undrafted free agent out at Tennessee. We saw Quinnen Williams, the number three overall pick in the draft. He started flashing down the stretch. Steve McClendon, old reliable. Don't call him old because he's probably <laughs> throwing around a 600-pound squad across the street right now. Uh, Fulorenzo Fadakasi, who joined us a couple weeks ago, was such a great story for this team. We talk about Jordan Jenkins. Uh, Brandon Copeland got back into the mix uh, this year as well, uh, coming back off of that the suspension. And then we, we mentioned the folks, all the guys they used at inside linebacker, most notably at the end of the season, Burgess and Neville Hewitt. And then what he was doing at the cornerback position. Uh, Credit goes to Marcus May at safety for becoming the first defensive back this season, the only defensive back this season to start 16 games at all. But you didn't know who was playing cornerback for this team, and they just plugged them in and were able to go out and get the job done. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you got to give credit to these guys for their, their – uh, persistence. You know, they, they continue to prepare. They never look down on each other. They could have they could have went in the tank at one and seven. You know, that's a that's a tough hole to come out of, and it's tough to stay positive and, and focus on your task. But the coaches did a great job of preparing guys. The players did a great job of stepping up, and really they they did a they kept a tight locker room, and that shows a lot moving forward. Here's the Jets track in 2020, road games against everybody in the division. We know that. Also, Kansas City, the LA Chargers, Indianapolis. The L.A. Rams in Seattle. So you're going out to California twice to play both L.A. teams. You're going out to Seattle, and you're going to see Patrick Mahomes at his home. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a lot of traveling next year. Hopefully some of those are back-to-back -back when they can, you know, have a trip where they stay over in California. Right. They don't have to make that uh, back-and-forth trip to the East Coast. But I always had a lot of fun going out west. You know, maybe it's because I'm from out west, but – Whenever we went, traveled out west, we had a lot of success, whether it be Oakland, San Diego. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun, and, and I think the Jets will have some success out there. It's going to be tough playing in Arrowhead. That's one of the loudest stadiums I've ever played in, and, uh, and they're going to be rowdy with it, the way the team is playing. And Sam Darnold, year three, and you got to be excited after watching him 
what he was able to do here in the later stages of his second uh, professional campaign. But uh, we're awfully thankful as we head into the new year. Kyrie's been helping us back at the station uh, throughout the year. Justin here, um, Charles and Noah, making sure that people are seeing this on NewYorkJets.com and the Jets app. E. Coleman's family was in attendance tonight. We've had so many people, so much support throughout the 2019 season. E, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Happy New Year. Pleasure was all mine. Happy New Year, brother. That's it for us. Another year inside the Jets. Happy New Year.